live from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. This is Inside Sports. Tashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the News. Assalamu alaikum, just gone at 10 minutes past 8. A very good evening to you. Listening to Inside Sport, exclusive to the Voice of the Cape, where we cover all the latest news and chat to past and present sports stars. I'm your host, Feroz Sheikh, and my tech tonight is Nazim Peterson. We're talking football tonight. My guest is the former Santos midfielder, Desmond Crowey. But before I chat to Desmond, let's catch up with the latest news coming through from today. Four matches in the Premier League today. Uh, Brighton and Sheffield United to one all. Leicester with 2 all winners against Tottenham Hotspur. Good win for Leicester there. Manchester United currently taking on Leeds United. 81 minutes gone. United leading 6-2 in that match. And West Brom then play Aston Villa in the late game at a quarter past nine. Two matches in the DSTV Premiership today. Amazulu beating Chipper United 3-1. Good win there for Benny McCarthy. Swallows beating Black Leopards 2-1 as well. And New Zealand beat Pakistan in the second T20 International in Hamilton. They're winning that one by nine wickets. Chasing 164 to win. They reached their target with four balls to spare. Time now to say a very good evening to Desmond Crowey. Thanks for joining me tonight on The Voice of the Cape. Uh, Thank you for having me and uh, uh, good evening to your listeners. Now, of course, you can join the conversation as well. 021-442-3530 WhatsApp 0829-913-913 for any comments. Uh, Desmond. You obviously had a brilliant career first for Santos and then went on to play for Milano and Batsford, but we'll get to all that later on. Firstly, tell us where it all began for Desmond Crowey. Hey, it started very early. Uh, fortunate for me is my parents. My parents were always involved in sports. They always encouraged us to be outdoors and see that I'm one of five brothers. It was always any type of sports at that particular time. So I started very early as a 10-year-old with Everton United at Cape Flats in Heidefeld. Uh, Everton, uh, household name on the Western province. Uh, I played there while my brothers, uh, basically, they played for Hotspurs. So uh, when we moved to Strandfontein, I joined Strandfontein, uh, but I always had... Uh, guys to follow Nigel, Duncan, Barry and my youngest brother Hilton So how come you played for Everton and they played for Hotspurs? It's so strange I think it's uh, <laughs> friends it was close to home so I just used to uh, just walk to the field and things like that and Everton was one of those star-studded teams mm. I was very young but the top team had fantastic players and that always uh, attract youngsters to come play for them. Now I believe you were a left-sided midfielder number six were you always a midfielder or did you start off in another position before uh, playing in the midfield? Strangely I was always a midfielder I think because uh, left footers are always rare. (laughs) Uh, I was on the uh, left wing or sometimes I will be a number 10 behind the number nine so yeah that's basically where I started my Career. And of course, I have to ask this, but I, I, I have to ask this: being the younger brother of Duncan Crowey, was there any pressure on you? You know, coming up through the ranks, uh, was there that pressure? Did you feel that pressure? Never. I was always better than Duncan. 
<laughs> no, Duncan was a different level. Like they say today, that's levels, that's levels. Duncan was different level. It's just a pity about a, a party that Duncan never had the opportunities that mm. uh, the current generation of players are getting. I still believe if I look at the strikers of today, Duncan was far, far, far better than them. And I'm not biased mm. when I say that uh, a blind person can see his stats. If you go down his stats, you will, you will see it compares yeah. to the best in the world. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, obviously, I thought that your first team was Santos in the FPL, but off air you telling me you played for Glendine. Ten games, was it? As a very youngster, by the way, 16 years old. How did that come about? Yeah, uh, Glendine was basically at the t- uh, tail end of... Uh, Mr. Petty Dolly's uh, May Soul Racing Piece, his era. And yes, the following year, I think he sold the club to Safik Mauser. So I played the last 10 games for Glendon. We even played in a derby against the Light Bodies also, Light Bodies Santos that time. And yeah, I played, uh, we played something like uh, we had to complete 10 games in a space of two weeks. There was one week where we spent the whole week in Maritzburg playing three, four games mm. in that seven day period and things like that. But how, how did you cope as a youngster, 16-year-old, coming into the pro ranks and playing so many games in, in just a few days? How was it on you personally? Uh, fortunately for me, because I come from a sporting family, I'm also, uh, I was an athlete also. Uh, Duncan was an mm. 800-meter champion record holder. I was 1,500 and 3,000-meter record holder also. So the fitness that comes naturally. We were always outside playing. We were never that Remember that time wasn't TV and things mm, like that. Mm. So the kids of the day will never ever realize how we were playing any sport yeah. that it is. Yeah. And what was it like at that time? We will speak about rivalries uh, later on, but at that time, as a 16 year old, playing against the likes of Santos, who were, you know, one of the top teams in the FPL at the time. Yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. It was actually a terrible incident where one of the Santos players, I think uh, it was the last few games, I think they were in the running for the league and we were just there and there about uh, mid-table because we didn't want to get relegated. We all knew the club was going to be sold and I played in the in the one derby, I can remember, and there was a terrible incident. There was a fight broke out and I was involved and I, mm-hmm. hey, terrible. But the strange part is the person that we actually fought with, we actually became very good friends, but that was the rivalry that was always there between either Santos or Glendine. Later on, it became Santos and Batsuit and so forth. Before that, it was Cape Town Spurs in Glenville. That time, I was just yeah. a small boy. You were a supporter back then. Yes, just a very <laughs> small boy. Yeah. So was it an automatic choice to uh, go to Santos once uh, Glendine folded or, or was it difficult? Or? No, actually, I went actually back to amateur. I actually went back to amateur and I think it was a very good thing. Uh, I got not my confidence back but uh, that time amateur football was very tough. Uh, that time there was uh, a league called the Toyota Super League. So that was basically the top teams in each and every uh, district. Now we call it LFAs. Mm. So I, I went out to go play for Parkers. They were the top team in that time in Mitchell's Plain. So that competition actually prepared me properly for when uh, Santos scouted me. Uh, a few years later. So what year did you sign for Santos? I signed for Santos in 1988. In 88. In 1988. And obviously a, f- a few seasons before Unity came uh, came along. Let's talk about the FPL uh, era with Santos. Share some of your highlights with us, with uh, Santos. I think... Uh, 
I think uh, if you have till 10, 11 o'clock, yeah. we can go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everything, uh, it was, uh, everything started in 1988, like I said earlier. Um, we won the treble, right? We won the treble. I was fortunate enough to be voted uh, player of the season that year. I was second highest goal scorer to Duncan. So it was a phenomenal year for me. Um, as a youngster, it was very easy to fit in. Not easy to play, but easy to fit in because that time Santos had fantastic players. We had Trevor Daniels in goals. We had Kasim Mohammed with Rasad, uh, David. We had uh, Kevin Valentine, Stephen Hendricks. Eh, the list goes on. Donny Ronnie, Rodney Reynas. The list goes Rodney Taze. The list goes on. And with those experienced players, it was easy for me to fit in. And there's an, there wasn't one day that I could feel I'm better than the next because they will humble you very quickly. Mm. Yes. Well, let's talk about that team. I had it down here, but you mentioned some of those names. Let's just pick on that. Uh, there's a picture that I've seen on Facebook and in some of the comments that that was uh, the best Santos team. But obviously, you know, uh, uh, it's debatable, but yeah. I'm going to name some of those guys, and obviously you can tell me what it was like playing with these guys from the picture that I've seen, and uh, I just wrote down. Uh, obviously, uh, Duncan was there, Idris Burton, yourself, Rodney Reynas, Kasim Mohammed, Andre Broncos, Kamal Said, uh, you know, and the list, the list goes, goes on. on yeah. What was it like playing with those guys? No, it was fantastic. Like I said, I started as a youngster with the Kevin Valentines and the Stephen Hendricks, and of course, Duncan, always being my role model. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. They make you feel at home. Uh, away games was always difficult because it was something new for me. But having them around me uh, made me feel safe, made me feel comfortable. And that created the confidence that I had playing away and things like that. I can remember one game we played. This is a team I admire also, Chelsea. They're from Bosman mm. uh, in Johannesburg. And they had... A f- Oh, they also had a fantastic team. One of my uh, idols before I joined uh, Santos was Noel Goodall. Mm. They had Moses Ibis as a striker, Chris Fortain, uh, Chris's brother. I can't remember his name now precisely. And yes, they had a fantastic team. And there was this one game where they almost like they targeted me. They were throwing me with stones and things <laughs> like that as I was playing. But then the big boys, the Stephen Hendricks, the Kevin Valentines, the Cousins, they Duncan them, they protected me oh, and they helped me through that 90 minutes and everything we're going to take a, p- a quick ad break when we come back we'll continue our conversation with desmond crowe this is inside sports Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. He's just gone 23 minutes past eight. We're chatting to you. Desmond Crowe tonight. Desmond, we got some comments coming through here on WhatsApp. Uh, salams. Uh, Duncan was a classy player, but Desmond was explosive. I know him. I know I'm 56 years old and saw this guy. Uh, hey, I tell you, all those players he played with were all best players. At the time he came to Santos, the PSL teams, he commanded the midfield alone. Good player. Um, and this one, uh, okay, that's... Another one there. Okay, that was the one. Um, good comments there. Obviously, the guys remember you, Desmond. While we're on that, uh, I've got some comments here on Facebook as well. When I posted that, Andre Broncos, uh, Mado Singh, uh, obviously from Durban. I don't know if you, you yeah. know you know him, former Derby United yeah. player. Derby United. He's a great player. Uh, Farouk Badi, number six, Desmond Crowey. Elvis Governor. Elvis yeah, Gander. played for Natal Cricket yeah. as well. Yeah, awesome. Booby Solomons. Uh, but pretty to have a brother like Duncan, always got to walk in his shadows. Uh, 
Uh, Booby was also, you know, a lot of guys looked up to him. He was a role model to many. Yeah, eh? fantastic, fantastic. He was one of my coaches also. Yeah, Ian Southgate, very good footballer, and Kevin Valentine, uh, lots of love. Deshi, Moi Luop. So some good comments coming through there. Uh, obviously, uh, what you guys did on the field, lots of people remember yeah. that. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, that's the best part. We we will never ever be able to bring it back. Eh? Absolutely. Now you're saying the year you were named FPL Player of the Year, or the, you finished second highest goal scorer behind Duncan. Yeah. How many goals did you score from midfield, by the way? Strangely, I scored 11. I think Duncan ended up scoring 17 or 15, one mm. of the two. I know I was uh, six, seven goals behind. So that's uh, quite a, a lot of goals for a midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some of your memories with, with the grounds. So let's start off with Athlone Stadium. Um, talk to us about some of the memories that, you know, obviously there was some derbies uh, with uh, Glendine and Santos and yeah. then Santos and Batswood. How was uh, those rivalries at Athlone? No, it was fantastic. First, even before you start uh, as a pl- as one of the players running onto the field as a spectator there it was always one of my dreams to play at the stadium that was our uh, mecca that was our Wembley mm. uh, so for me to I can remember my first game there was against Chelsea and we won 2-1 I scored the first goal Right, it was 1-1, one, one, yeah. I scored the first goal, and the next day the newspaper said something like, uh, Desmond is a very good player, but sometimes he dies with the ball. <laughs> I will never, ever forget that. <laughs> uh, Colin Kreivach, and he was the, he was the reporter uh, that wrote that article. I will never, ever forget that. Well, I'm sure someone from the family would have kept that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my father loves all those, uh, yeah. all those clippings and everything. Yeah, it was fantastic, uh, playing at Atlon Stadium, the derbies. Uh, I don't know if you I remember there was a tournament also the, they call it the Pro-Am Benson and Hedges tournament mm. I think the four top teams of the of the Western Province and then your pro teams I think it was six top teams and then your two pro teams mm. so that in itself is normally on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Friday that in itself was fantastic mm. uh, 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 getting to play against the top players and there's also where the scouting started uh, the derbies was something special something special uh, the first the, the derby with Santos in the derby with Glendine and uh, then Batswood came along yes so those were fantastic fantastic games your whole week you prepare yourself for that you look forward when the fixtures comes out you first see when you're playing your derby games and things like that yeah that was fantastic and then if you go to Durban you look at Curry's Fountain what what a place to play! What a place to play! The people in Cape Town they will never realize how the Durbanites love this soccer. The Cape Townians as well. Yeah, <laughs> they, they love this. When you come to the stadium, you know uh, we were so fortunate mm. in our buses, in our taxis. When you come to the stadium, the, the stadium will actually be packed. Yeah. And then you will think that most of the supporters are maybe for Tonga or for Berea. No. It was. I'm not going to say it's 50-50. Mm. That's that's pushing it. Uh, I would say it's uh, 40, 60, or even 70, 30. But we had our own supporters and yeah. everything. Yeah. And you could sense the uh, the admiration that the Durbanites have for Cape Town teams because uh, we played. Um, if I'm a little bit arrogant, I think we played good football, and uh, we were never ever restricted. We had a way of doing things, uh, but because also we had experienced players and those double headers. 
You will know yeah, that's something to write home about. Yeah, look, there's no arrogance about that. I must admit, like I was telling you off the air, I was one of those youngsters sitting at Curry's Fountain watching you guys, and you guys were very, very good players. You know, you guys were our heroes. So, yeah, but let's talk about heroes. Uh, as a youngster going to Athlone Stadium, who were your heroes when you were growing up watching, you know, uh, the when it was Cape Town Spurs, Glendale, yeah. whoever, who were your heroes that you were watching? Okay, if I look at way back when I was very small, my father always used to take us with Duncan, Nigel and the other brothers to the field. Uh, that time it started out with, I don't know if you know, Don Richards. He was the, uh, he was the manager of Cape Town Spurs. Mm. They had a phenomenal team. They had, uh, Booby was part of the mm. team. Late, uh, Donny King, I was a big Donny King fan. George Van Niekerk, they all played with Duncan. Like I, said, I never had the opportunity to play with them because yeah. they were far older than me. Yeah. But those are the guys that 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 we followed those are the guys that we aspire to become one day and then the next generation of the cape town uh, spurs click was when keith america mm. he was one of the best mm. keith america calvin i can always remember <laughs> uh, eight nine ten and eleven yeah. carter suleiman was number eleven sally adams was number ten uh. keith was number uh, number nine uh, um uh, Calvin was number seven, so it that was. That was a brilliant forward nah, line. Eh? Yeah, that was fantastic. The, we followed them and everything, and I think that's where Duncan also, because we always went to the soccer, and then Duncan joined Glendin Amateur, uh-huh. and from there Glendin became a professional team. So it was. Uh, if I say meant to be, I can say meant to be because that's how I grew up. Mm. That's I grew up soccer, and I never knew the color of our walls in our rooms because mm. we had pictures of soccer players right over the place <laughs> and everything. My parents never had problems yeah. painting our rooms and things like that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, your, the other grounds. The other grounds besides Curry's Fountain. Um, can you remember any? For example, you played Tongat Crusaders at Watson Park. Watson Park, yes, with the grass and with the. Uh, with the, uh, the 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 fence close to the yeah, field. No, it was fantastic. Close to the freeway. Yes, close to the freeway. And the support, of course, was no, phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. And and, and let's talk about three uh, B grounds in Chatsworth. Yes, three B grounds in Chatsworth. Later on, it became the uh, Chatsworth Stadium. Yeah. I think we played one final there also yeah. against. Uh, I think against Tongat, we actually played a mm. final there, and we won two one there also. So it was fantastic. But for me, the Curry's Fountain and the Atlas Stadium, second to none. Brilliant. Yeah, they that was the that makers. Was, yeah, that was the best. The best. Yeah. Now, uh, post ninety one, obviously ninety one at Unity. Post ninety one, uh, Santos was one of the teams that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they they picked a, a few teams, teams yeah, from the FPL teams, yeah. Uh, yeah. that joined the NSL yeah. and Santos, obviously because yes. of their being uh, so uh, dominant in the FPL, uh, and then you moved across with them to the NSL. Yeah. Um, how many years did you stay with them in the NSL? I stayed with them until '94. I stayed with them until '94. Yeah. And I, some of the highlights with with them in that era. Uh, it was fantastic. I can remember one game at um, I paused it the other day at. Um, George Cox Stadium we played Kaiser Chiefs that time it was heavy fighting between the Zulus and the Corsas mm. and being that being a, a, a Zulu a stronghold mm. we played the Kaiser Chiefs just rock up with the taxis dressed already yeah. and we standing there waiting for them and things like that I think we lost that game 1-0 Skaratint was still scored mm. a cracker that day we lost 1-0 yes uh, yes that was uh, those that was fantastic because remember those were the guys that you watch on TV yeah. and suddenly you still playing with them mm. and we always thought there was one game when we played Kaiser Chiefs again at home uh, 
they estimate there was between 15 and 20,000 people at the Atlanta Stadium. At the Atlanta Stadium. Wow. It was fantastic. We lost the game 3 1. Mm. We lost the game, but the experience, oh. Second to none, second to none. Uh, Those are things that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. No, absolutely. Desmond, was there a huge gap between the, uh, well, they came from the NPSL, which was then became the NSL, um, and from the FPL with you guys going. Was there a huge gap, a huge gap between those teams, like the Chiefs, the Pirates, and you guys from the FPL? I wouldn't say there was a huge gap. It's just that I think uh, if you look at in that era, was that they played more competitively mm. than what we played competitively. Mm. They were more full-time. We were mostly teachers. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we worked. Although you were so-called pros in yeah, the Exactly. FPL. We yes. worked. We worked. Uh, um, our trainings, uh, Duncan and I being teachers, we used to be first on training because we finished almost two three o'clock mm. we put up the lights and things like that so that's how we uh, got into playing this professional era and things like that but that never ever uh, bothered us we were just honored uh, of the unity mm. to be part and parcel of this whole new democracy that's going to take place. In but it's just a pity it came a bit late for, for many of for the uh, FPL stars. Exactly. It yeah. came very late for certain people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were The other day we were just at my mother's 80th birthday. We were sitting there at Duncan because the party was there and we were looking at some of the trophies and then you reminisce of, uh, I can remember he was second highest goal scorer, then mm. he was third highest mm. goal scorer. And if he was just a little bit younger, yeah. Uh, this guy, not only him, yeah. there's other players many also. Other players. There's many other players in the same boat and everything. And of course, he played for South Africa, you know. And yeah. that was could have been many more caps as exactly, well. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's, that's a sad part about, yeah. uh, but will we change it? We won't no. change it for yeah. one, but we yeah. will sacrifice once again because today the people don't realize the sacrifice that we went through mm. to achieve what we have now. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, post Santos, uh, which team did you still remain in the pro ranks? Which team did you join then after Santos? Uh, when I left Santos, I actually went on loan for 10 games to Batswood. It was strange that I went to Batswood. Batswood was in the lower league. I mm. think that time it was still the first division. Mm. We were in the lower league. They were fighting relegation and uh, I wanted to be a regular and unfortunately there's a lot of youngsters coming through you mentioned them earlier Kamal Saeed them yeah. came through Rasad David them came through so a lot of them uh, came through and there was a lot of competition and at my age I wanted to play yeah. regular I had I think I had two knee operations I wasn't the same I must be honest I wasn't mm. the same player as I used to be so, so I dropped down a division I played for them for 10 games we survived relegation we still played one um, Bob save game I can remember <laughs> at uh, Bidwe Stadium uh, against the London Pirates. Uh -huh. It was an uh, yeah, and we lost one. No, it, uh, I can close the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and post Batswood, post Batswood, I joined Milano. That's also where I played for them for two years. I later became the coach. Uh, 1995, I joined them. The latter part of 1995, I joined them. We won the Aviza National Championship with with the late uh, Said Apples as the coach. What a guy. What mm. a guy. Uh, that's also one of the coaches that I actually learned a lot from. And him, Duncan, Booby Solomons, those are the guys that actually sculpted me as the coach that I am today. Mm. And yeah. And then I played with him for two years. We won promotion from the first, uh, from our regional uh, third division, right up to first division. We, we won promotion. So that was a very successful team. 
Fantastic. If I had to just test your memory now a little bit, any specific goals that stand out for you? You know, there must be some <laughs> cracker from the left or, or something that stands out for you, Des, but let's oh. test your memory. Oh, that's heavy. If I must select a sentimental goal, yeah. then I would say is the 1988 when we won the treble. We 88. 88, yeah, mm. we beat uh, Tonga Crusaders. It, it was uh, a replay. Mm. We beat Tonga Crusaders 5-2. I scored two of the goals, Duncan scored the other two, yeah. and one of the goals mm, I scored, I can still remember, actually both goals was near post runs. Now, if you're near post runs, I'm a left, yeah. I'm a, a, a left winger running to the right, so the timing, yeah. uh, the technique, everything had to be there. It has to be perfect. Uh, yes. yes, so if you talk about the technical goal, yeah. then I can look back at those two goals that we scored there, and that actually killed the game uh, against Tongat and everything. Any crackers from out of the box? Uh, I think there was one that we played in the Pro-Am. We played against Liverpool Portland. They were mm. one of the top uh, amateur yep. Western Province teams and yep. everything. I think it was either the semi-final or the final. And they had a very good goalkeeper, Mark Brown, and uh, hit a cracker from the left inside. Uh. They call it that term, the daisy cutter. Yeah, yeah. And I can still remember. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, when did you decide to finally hang up your boots? Before you, obviously, we'll talk about your coaching career. When did you decide, okay, now it's it's time now for me to hang up my boots? Strangely, I was for some, I think four or five years, I was a, a player a assistant coach or a player coach. So that was always, it was never in the back of my mind to hang up because you never ever want regrets, but you mm. also don't want to prolong, like they said, to prolong the <laughs> agony. <laughs> So yeah, when I joined Strandfontein, they actually gave me the opportunity be, to become a coach. That's a local team where we moved to, from where I was born, Heidefeld. So we moved to Strandfontein, and after my professional career, I joined Strandfontein, and they gave me the platform yeah, to become a coach. So at what age was it that you finally decided I'm hanging up my, my boots? 30 years old. 30. 30 That's pretty years. young. Pretty young. Pretty young, but like I said, yeah. I still played a little yeah, bit yeah. there and there. I will always choose the games I would play and things like that. Yeah, so I think the, the coaching bug uh, bit me very early. Uh, yeah, bit, bit me because I was young. I always played with older players, yeah, and mm. I've learned, I learned very quickly and things like that. So I always wanted to be a coach and things like that. Okay, uh, the comment has come. I don't know if you can remember this. It says uh, we're talking about the goals. What about the Idris Burton goal? Wow. So I'm not sure which goal. Uh, this uh, gentleman is talking about maybe you can tell us uh, which game maybe Desmond can uh, remember that one day oh. uh, so w Strandfontein was your first team that you coached That's and the first. what division were they playing at the time they were basically a local like I said earlier they were a local uh, there was a league called the Super League the mm. Toyota Super League so that was all the top teams from the from the different districts so I was the coach there and we actually won promotions right up until the old Vodacom is now the second division. So you had your NSL, then you had your first division, then you had your second division. So we won promotion two years in a row to, uh, to get to a semi-professional league and everything. It was quite an achievement, 90% homegrown, strong-winded players. So it was a fantastic uh, platform for me to start my coaching career. Now, talking about the coaching career, obviously when we, when we watch the matches on TV and stuff, we see the coaches have to go for certain certificates and things like that. Was it the same with, with you? Did you have to go for a certain amount of courses before you could get into a coaching role? Or no, was it no. You, know, you were given the opportunity you know, because of your playing career, because of your... But we'll, we'll continue with that after the break. Let's just take an ad break and we'll come back. This is
Just gone 8.42. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back. We're chatting to uh, Desmond Crowey, the former Santos midfielder. Now, Desmond, just before the break, we're talking about, we started with your coaching uh, career. Uh, let's talk about those coaching courses now. Uh, like I was saying, did you have to uh, go through a certain amount of courses before you uh, uh, started your coaching or were you just given the opportunity because you had a good playing career and, you know, stuff like that? Yeah, I think uh, at first... Because of my professional record, mm. I think I was given the job and so forth. And as time went on, you realize, as educator, as educated person, you realize to you can't just depend on your playing career to mm. become a coach because there are youngsters that look up to you. There are youngsters that also want to progress and want to learn. And if you're not educated in that line, then you're actually doing a disadvantage to yourself and but specifically to the youngsters. That's where uh, Safa came on board and we had, I think, uh, way back in 2004, we had the level one, that was 21 days, and then a year and a half later, two years later, we had the level two. And then that got converted into CAF A, CAF B, and so forth, licenses and everything. I'm fortunate to have a CAF B license. I had the opportunity to attend the, uh, the pro license, but uh, due to a teacher, it's six months. Mm. You must take off 10 days per month. It was a lot of sacrifice, yeah. and unfortunately, I was not not so fortunate. And a lot of leave as well you would have to sign. Exactly. Exactly. So, so to, for example, to, 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 to coach in the PSL, you need to have that CAF A. You have to have the CAF A license, yeah. Okay. And then the lowest is the CAF D where you can, like from junior football. Exactly. Okay. So yes. you have CAF B now. I have CAF B now. All right. So even, at, even at my age, I still want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after Strandfontein, where did your coaching career take you to next? Yeah, after Strandfontein, I actually went back to Milano. Right there, we started the project, and they bought a, uh, the old ABC. They called it the Vodacom. They bought a Vodacom franchise there. I started there, but just before that, uh, there was a guy, Mr. Uh, Samuel Colby. He was involved with Mr. Price, and then he had this dream of having the 16 high schools in Mitchell's Plain, playing them on a Saturday and having his own league under 19, uh, getting top players from there, hopefully getting them to professional league and so forth. So he had this nice sponsor, this nice dream, this nice project. And then he approached me in 2004 to become his head coach. So I became the head coach of the 16 high schools and the project started and that project is ran until two years i think it's two years ago so that project was more than if you look at it more than 15 years mm. that that project ran and so forth and the act yeah and then what happened is there i became also i was promoted also to the abc team and then i became the coach there i think uh, we one season we went to the playoffs we lost and then i joined a new project at milano where they bought a franchise uh two youngsters nasi brenner and imran davids and they approached me to help them with the project and it was close to home they had this dream of becoming an nfd team and a few years later they became uh, milano became an nfd team mm, fantastic yeah so yeah, yeah. it's a long road and uh, they, in this project for 15 years, uh, any uh, anyone came through the system that is now playing, you know, came through your hands, that's now playing in the uh, PSL or the NFD? Yes, there are uh, quite a few players. There are quite a few players. One of the players that I 
still think of it's a fantastic role model and uh, if there are youngsters listening to mm. the program I always say you don't have to have the most talent but if yeah. you're a hard worker hard work, yes you can achieve whatever you want to achieve and this player wasn't the most talented player yeah. he was at our school Cedar High in Rocklands Wayne Aronson mm. he, uh, he just finished playing for uh, Mamalodi Sundowns yes. he won the Champions League with yeah. him and everything he started from our school he was scouted by the great kit America mm. because that time Santos was PSL and yes. they always had this coaching project whereby they go to the high schools yeah. and so in that project they also used to scout players yeah. and Wayne Orenson was one of the players they scouted yeah. and from there Wayne went to go play for Santos at the young age I think of 18, 19 mm. he joined the PSL team he played it's a nice career him and Idris Burton as mm. center backs and so forth and from there he joined Mamalodi Sundowns wow yeah and he just finished this year uh, I think t eight years he was with them and everything so if I must mention and pick on one player that is one player I will I will reiterate what I said earlier he wasn't the most talented but what a discipline and what mm. a hard working mm player he was and everything well Desmond I mean uh, in in any sport in anything I mean you don't have to be the most talented exactly it's 90% hard work and if you can have the 10% of that it's it's all about the hard work isn't that right definitely yeah and if I just look at uh, if I look at home mm. Duncan Duncan was a great example yeah uh, my brother Nigel uh, he went to go study further. If he didn't have to go study further, then there wouldn't have been that path for us. Yeah. So there were always uh, small stones that helped us to reach. My father, hardworking, went up country to go. He worked in Impangeni, your hometown, mm. your hometown <laughs> and everything. Yeah. My mother being the teacher. So there was always that guidance for us. So as n I'm not saying... Uh, it was a road for us not to go wrong. There was uh, always challenges. Yeah. Where, where, wherever you are, there were, yeah. there were always challenges and so forth. But because I had that, those role models in my life, mm. uh, it makes life very, very, very easy for me. Easy in a sense that I knew the path that I wanted to take. Of course, like I said earlier, there were always challenges. Yeah. But uh, Nigel and Duncan and my parents being older than me and Barry being older than me, uh, my youngest brother, Hilton and I, we always had those people to look up to. Mm. It's not like uh, they finish uh, school standard eight or standard seven, yeah. Yeah. then I must also go that route. Absolutely. No, no, we had, I, I actually had fantastic role models and I can just thank the almighty yeah. that those people in my life. No, brilliant. Post Milano, uh, I see you had a stint with Marty's as well. Was the Post Milano, was it Marty's state after that? In 2017, uh, I was contacted by the club manager at Marty's, Elroy Smith, to come for interview. G uh, the great Reggie Janchis uh, was that time also the coach at Marty's. And they wanted to start this project. Uh, they had this dream because rugby was doing so well at the mm. university. They want. They had this vision that soccer can be on that part because uh, Stellenbosch is a very strong soccer community. Mm. And they had the dream. They approached me. I went for the interview. I got the job. And then we started this project. Um, I can still remember if I have a triangle. At the bottom part of the triangle, the base are always the strongest part of the mm. angle. But if I look at the type of players uh, Marty's had, you must turn the triangle <laughs> around. Yes, so, we're yeah. just going to uh, pause there to take an ad break and we'll continue after this. This is Inside Sports. Just gone 8.52. Uh, welcome back to Inside Sport. We're chatting to Desmond Crowey now. Uh, Desmond, uh, post Milano, we said... Uh, 
you uh, join the uh, Martis and you salute Martis now. That's correct. Um, so I want to ask you, uh, and I still also believe you're a technical director for Cape Town All Stars. Cape Town All Stars. You're the coach of Martis. Uh, you're an educator. That's correct. How do you do all of that? <laughs> How do you do that? Is it because you still have to travel to Stellenbosch <laughs> back and forth? Is it just because for the love? That's correct. Yeah, like I told you earlier in the break, if you if you love something, you don't yeah. feel you don't feel the aches and the pains. The, the traveling is uh, the traveling is long. It's between forty to forty five minutes mm. from where I stay uh, to uh, to Stellenbosch University, but I don't feel it anymore because I love the projects. So so much. That's that's my ultimate. That's my baby. Yeah. Uh, I started, like I said earlier, I started there 2017 with the bonds of. I'm not going to say no hope, because it's a very 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 strong word <laughs> to use it, but not the quality that I expected. But through working with the process, putting s- few systems in place, currently now I think we have a very a very strong squad. Uh, we just got promoted from the B section in the university football to the A section. So this year, uh, 2021, we will be playing in the A section. And if we end in the top eight there, we will be part of the Varsity Cup. And that is the ultimate goal of the university. Then you par with your rugby, yeah. par with your hockey and so forth. And you'll also get uh, coverage on TV uh, as well. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we are, I'm sure we'll see you in that uh, Varsity Cup and we we'll say, well, we, we spoke to you at the, that coach there. Inshallah. Uh, if you had to say, you know, you have coaches, what, was, what is your strength as a coach? You know, we hear coaches being good man managers, mm. uh, the technical aspects. But Desmond Crowey, what is your strength as a coach? You just said now you took this, uh, not no hopers of the varsity uh, mm. Marty's team. You got them into that A section now. Mm. Your next goal is to get into the top eight yeah. because your next goal would be varsity cup. Varsity cup so, yeah. so to get them into that, that A section, for, for instance, what did you have to do? What is your strength that got them to there? I think, uh, like I said earlier, uh, unfortunately, I'm, I must say it again, being from the family that I am, we always used to encourage one another. We always want to see the best in one another mm. because we all have our different strengths uh, in the family and that stems from our parents. Uh, likewise, I, so I took those characters, those principles, I take it into my teaching and I take it into my coaching. I want to see the best in the individual. It don't have to be the best player. For me, the person is more important than the player. Mm. The player you can create, but the person is always a challenge. That's why at uh, Stellenbosch, we always talk about uh, student athletes, uh, the student first, because uh, he needs to get his degree. Mm. That, that's the ultimate reason he's there. Yeah. The athlete is secondary. So for me, and it's easier coaching uh, those educated students because they also have this dream. Yes, they want to their degree and they also want to play at the highest level at university. So it actually becomes easier. And so if you ask me once again, what's my strength? I think working with the individual, trying to uh, get to the holistic development in the individual. I think that is one of my strengths, if I must say it myself. No, brilliant, man. Uh, Desmond Crowey, obviously, we'd love to see you, and I'm sure we'll see you in the next year or so in that Varsity Cup. Just before we go, looking back at your career, you said you retired at a very young age, which is actually quite sad, obviously, because of your injuries, etc. But uh, are there any regrets if you look back at your career now? If you look back, say, ah, you know, I wish I did this or that. Any regrets? Or you were you were happy with the no, career I, you had? No, I am happy with the career I have. I don't think uh, a lot of people will be so fortunate like I am with the mm. quality of players 
quality of players and characters and the people I play with. People I can still call today my friends, uh, my colleagues. Uh, we still reminisce if we meet one another wherever mm. about the good old days. So for me, no regrets in that regard. I'm very, very fortunate that I had the opportunity. They were, believe me, there were better players than me that never ever had the opportunity yeah. I had. So for that, I thank the Almighty that He gave me those great opportunities, those great memories uh, that I can live with. And I can tell it one day, hopefully I get grandchildren. Uh. Luckily now I got two lovely dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I can share it one day with them mm. and things like that. Desmond Crowey, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for chatting to us tonight on uh, Inside Sport and all the best to you in your coaching career and your teaching career, of course. Uh, back home, I hope you enjoyed another edition of Inside Sport. Uh, this is the last uh, show for the year, by the way. Uh, we're just taking a short break and we'll be back uh, next year with more interesting interviews uh, in the new year. From Ifiro Sheikh, have a lovely evening. Assalamu alaikum. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.